Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian, with me as always are Vince and Zach. We're here to talk about a couple of comics coming out on December 26th. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, almost Happy New Year. Uh, for our, our Jewish brothers, hope you had a nice Hanukkah. Just covering all the uh, all the holiday bases right now. Happy Happy uh, Kwanzaa. We got lots of wonderful holidays this time of year. Hope you're having fun. More fun than some of these comics we're willing to give us this week. Um, should we talk about Titans first or Beast World first, boys? Beast uh, World comes first alphabetically and chronologically. So, how, how does it come first alphabetically? It's Titans Beast World. It's Beast World. Come on. <laughs> All right. We'll do Beast World number three first. Written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by not Ivan Reyes, but Lucas Meyer. Well, three, issues, three issues might be a new a new record for when uh, Reyes drops off of a uh, big book. Although I feel like Reyes wasn't on too much more than that in the uh, Arkham Tower. I think he did three issues. Of, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it was three. No, it was four, wasn't it? Because it was four, four, was and four. I don't. There's no I'm way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was four, four, and four. So, um, did it, uh, Vince, why don't you start us off with this issue? Um, I don't know how I feel about Beast World anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and this is gonna you know it's funny that we're recording back to back just as a peek behind the curtain uh with the the episode where we talk about the flash the uh-huh. central city one shot because i liked that so much but this week of beast world comics and this will be spoilers for for titans as well it, it made this event feel like a whole lot of nothing i i don't really understand what the point of this is (laughs) i don't know i don't know how to explain it but like it's another dc event that somehow feels like it's affecting everybody and everything but is incredibly low stakes i don't i don't get a good sense of the stakes at all and i think that's a problem with the i think that's a problem with the storytelling And, and typically i like tom taylor as a writer but I think we're three issues into this and he's still doing a lot of like jokey gag type stuff that people like in his comics. And, and I typically like, but I I don't know. It's, it's not, this event is not coming together for me. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty similarly, honestly, this, this one is where uh to harken back to the Wonder Woman episode that we didn't just record. Um this this book is really spinning its wheels right now. So much like Zach with Wonder Woman, I'm not saying this is great, but I am still enjoying this. And I'm enjoying it for for two specific reasons. The first reason I'm enjoying this is that Taylor is doing more to give us a sense of the scope of this than I think uh, either of you are giving him credit for, in that we are getting a a real variety of heroes showing up here. I mean, in, in this issue alone, in addition to the Titans, who have been, you know, the the cornerstone of this issue, and besides just the characters in the background, you know, we get Detective Chimp, we get Power Girl, 
we get John Kent. Like, and these characters are all working together in a way that I think we just tend to not get in event books anymore. Like, you know, w- without thinking too hard about it, the last event book that I can remember where it really felt like all of the heroes of Earth were sort of doing something at the same time, I may have to go back to like Infinite Crisis for that. I just remember there are all these scenes in Infinite Crisis that take place in the streets of major cities where you see like the Freedom Fighters and the JSA and the Teen Titans all working together to stop this this event from happening, whatever whatever the current crisis is, uh, lowercase c crisis. And I feel like in books that have come after that, and for reasons that are totally understandable, we have seen a more focused assault, right? Like even in something like Final Crisis, which is obviously a huge story, we really don't see too many moments of like random team ups you wouldn't expect. You get that a little bit, I guess, in like the the tattoo man stuff, but not. I don't know. This just feels like it's more encompassing of the larger DC universe and pulling all these characters together. Now, to be fair, they're not doing that much when they're all together, but I do like the sort of the all the toys are out of the toy box and we're we're doing something with them aspect of this. Um, That is the first thing about this that I am liking. The second thing about this that I am liking is that this also feels like the first event in God knows how long that Batman is not a major character in. <laughs> like, yes, you know, Batman turns into the wolf or whatever uh, in the last issue, and then we see it again here, but this is not a Batman story. And even though, yes, there is a Batman at the center of it, Dick Grayson, somebody who was Batman, Dick is such a different character than Bruce is that this really it does feel refreshing to have somebody else being the the person pulling the strings of the heroes and it specifically it being Dick and Babs who are again like Batman surrogates but decidedly not Batman i think there's something really nice about that feeling is the event spinning its wheels absolutely is this art a step back from what we've seen from Reyes, absolutely. Does this Peacemaker clearly just look like a trace of John Cena? 100%. But That's I, not even this book's fault. Though. That's our no, sole it, fault. You know, that's like a current DCU thing. Of, of course it is. Of course it is. <clears throat> but, but I really do feel like this is not spinning its wheels more than other recent DC events. It looks better, I think, than some more recent DC events, specifically Lazarus Planet with all of its Federici nonsense. Um, you know, this looks better than that. And like I said, to, we've been talking so much about this, Vince, how DC is sort of reverting back to pre-Flashpoint continuity in so many ways and seeing all these characters together, even just like, you know, the fact that we can have Black Adam as a part of this, but it's n- but Black Adam isn't... Like Black Adam has become the DC fill-in when they need an anti-hero. He's not mm-hmm. that here. He's just like an animal version of him. It just seems like it's doing stuff that feels refreshing to me, even though I don't disagree with any of your critiques necessarily. Yeah. I boy. I I this just feels 
not plot wise, obviously, because it has very little to do, very little in common plot wise, but it feels to me like Dark Crisis in that all these characters are are standing around going through the motions of fighting this problem but i'm missing i'm missing the human element somehow and i know i guess the like the one shots do a little better job at filling some of that stuff out but i, I will I say and th- this is maybe tipping my hand for a conversation we're going to have in 10 minutes, but <laughs> I think that the Titans issue does a decent job of putting a human face on this. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe when we talk about that, I'll, I'll, I'll have a epiphany or something, but well, here's an example though. Uh, here's two examples of kind of the pacing problems I have with this thing. So you're right. Detective chimp shows up in this, but he shows up and it's like a, it's a full page gag about how she thinks he's uh, a beastified person, mm-hmm. you know, and throws like a flashlight at him. Funny. That's, that's good. But then his, his whole role is to stand there and go, Oh, I, yeah, I agree with her detective work, <laughs> you know? And like, to, to me, then his like two pages that he gets in here are like, he's wasted. And then you've got the power girl part where she like, looks like she's going to save that airplane and then she gets uh yeah what what is it called jokerfied jokerfied (laughs) yeah yeah she gets yeah she turns into this flame bird thing which like which we saw in an action comics uh, in the uh metropolis world tour issue like a month ago yeah it looks looks really good it's a it's a cool design um it does look good and it harkens I, i don't know if this was intended but it harkens back to the Nightwing and Flamebird. Yes. Um Kryptonian heroes, which I like. I again, I don't know if I'm just putting that there or what, but I thought the same thing for what it's worth. Just the pacing of that scene and putting it here in issue 3 and releasing these books out of order, it just none of it feels good to me. Um I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of individual elements of Beast World that are fun and cool, whether it's like uh, the designs, like you were saying, like that, that flame bird design is very cool. There are some cool individual moments. I did like the way it all kicked off. I liked that first issue well enough and how it was paced. But something about the whole... Just... <laughs> Just releasing it out of order alone makes it feel like a weird read that I just yes. can't. Yeah, but well, I honestly, say... I think if we were if we weren't reading the tie-ins, maybe we would feel differently. Maybe know? that's perfectly valid. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And what I was gonna say is, I think it's a little bit unfair to to the people behind the event that DC can't figure out its own fucking publishing schedule. Like that's yes, that it's... is that is not Tom Taylor's fault. No, no, absolutely not. It's this is DC yet again. Like, n- I don't even know what they're thinking. I it, it couldn't have possibly been uh, like a time constraint because these I, things are being released so um, in such close proximity to one another. I wonder if the initial plan was something like we're going to release Beast World one through four 
in the first four weeks of December. But for that Christmas week, we're going to do all these world tour issues that are going to come out all at the same time. And then for some reason, they had to change that plan and yeah. backfilled it because it really feels like that, doesn't it? Like, I don't know. I don't know why you would release these stories in this way, because you really can't, like every, I think every single one of the world tour ones so far has been released either out of order or the same week that the thing that's referencing is is found in. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, the the, yeah. the last thing I'll say about it is I'm reminded of you know the the Scott Snyder events that he did while he was still writing for DC where on social media he would have that like whiteboard that showed yes. exactly how everything was going to release. Yes. Mm-hmm. He had like here we're going to do four weeks and then we're going to have an off week from the event, but there's going to be these two tie-ins. Yes. And it was like, correct me if I'm wrong, but those events always released on time in, in the right order. And I would say for the most part. Yeah. 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 I I can't think of one that didn't. Right. Maybe, Um, maybe the, what what, what was his final event? He did. It was uh, a whatever. Yeah. I feel like that one might have had one there or might have... two weird tie-ins come out slightly out of order. But Maybe. I think it was I think if anything, it just they came out later than they were supposed to, which is the better alternative than coming out earlier. Yes. Because, which is yes. a which is a bonkers thing to say, but it's here we are. Yeah. Right, right. And, and yeah, and that's that's less a critique of the comic, but like let's let's be honest. This is especially event comics. The big two are kind of soap opera disposable trash, right? Like, yes. um, so to speak. And especially so especially the last decade. Yeah. And so you have to critique like the way that they are released, especially when technology is more advanced than ever. Right. Like, like, that doesn't make the the work any easier that these creators are doing, but it it does make collaborating and last minute decisions and getting on the right page and all of that stuff easier, right? I, it just this has been a really frustrating event to follow, and we get these books. I mean, let's be honest. We get these books so far in advance. We could have read this event in the right order. <laughs> but in the interest of uh, doing a week to week show the way that we do, we read them in the weeks that they were supposed to be released. Yes. And it also really would have been impossible to read them in order and then talk about them out of order. Right. Right. Like, we it's hard enough when we read ahead a week. Right. We would have had to like save all the. We'd have, we'd have had to like record all the episodes at once or like um record it all modularly record and just, like put it all well, together re- record them all after the yeah after the event really oh you know it would have been a funny exercise what's that we read everything in order we did the shows and then we made you go and bleep us out anytime we said oh, something no. that, was that would that would not have been fun no, abort, I, abort. I, I would have been saying stuff on purpose to make you have to go. Of course there. you would. <laughs> Mamma mia. No, but, but it really it really was a frustrating read. And it shouldn't be like... If these are supposed to be like dumb, fun, uh, 
mini mega events, they should be released in a way that that makes sense and makes them smooth to read. And I think like every one of these issues that said like uh, this happens after Beast World 3 was a detriment to the event, unfortunately. Yeah. There is just no way to excuse the sloppy release schedule to me. Um, but again, I, I I think that is an absolutely valid thing to say in terms of our enjoyment of the event. I don't know if that's necessarily a critique of the event mm. itself. No, because because I don't think anybody, I don't think the people who made those decisions are the same people who made the decisions, um, about what actually happens in this event. Yeah. Right. Anything else of note to say about this issue? The Amanda Wallerness of it all is just too much. <laughs> oh, that that that's always going to be true. That yeah. is, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we 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 really need something. We we need to have a like. I know it's I, I know it's always uh, tough to because characters don't stay dead. But can Amanda Waller die for six months, please? <laughs> Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is wishful thinking, but maybe this is leading to the death of Amanda Waller. Maybe. Uh, put, put her in jail, something. Just get her off the table for a while, <laughs> please. Uh, please. Uh, well, she's going to feature very prominently in the gun verse, which we are. Uh, as a podcast, we've decided that we're going to go full soy face yeah. in support of the gun verse. It's true. It's true. Um, and so we're going to have to start liking Waller here pretty soon. So uh, I wish you weren't so right about all of this. But here <laughs> we are. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right, well, let, let's talk about Titans number six, then, written by Tom Taylor, art by Travis Moore. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about sort of the lack of the maybe human pathway into this Beast World event. And I think that this issue does a decent job of giving you a few characters, sort of humanities through this, whether it's uh, Dick talking about how he wishes he could be out there finding Damien because that's important to him or seeing Corey's sort of the the the, the correlation part in the Corey pun between like her home world and what's happening now. We get a little bit of the uh, of the um, Tempest stuff here. We even get just a couple of panels of Donna Troy, but the Donna Troy stuff, I think, felt like she's sort of taken this like Sisyphusian if that's the proper way to pronounce that word, task of holding back. Uh, Sisyphean, I believe. Sisyphean, yeah. Uh, of, of holding back uh, Garfield. Like, there, there, there's, to me, this is where you see all of the the heart, 
the human stuff for the Titans who are the driving force behind um, the Beast World event. Uh, do either of you disagree with that? I No, I think you're right. I think it was less effective for me, but I, I, I think sure. everything you're saying is true. Yeah, I think that's a fair critique. Yeah, yeah. And and this this kind of thing reminds me of like you know I the in Blackest Night the Green Lantern and Green Lantern core issues were like some of the best parts of that event you know mm-hmm. yeah um, because they were written by the event writer and were where it, that that was the space that Johns got to really like dig in and do the things that were kind of like important and and so obviously like this is a place for taylor to do something similar um which yeah i like i know none of us are necessarily the biggest travis moore fans on the planet <clears throat> what did you folks think of the art in this i oh, i thought it was good yeah since when i like travis moore <laughs> i feel like every time we talk about travis moore we're all kind of like uh-huh. on him i mean I mean, here's the thing. Travis Moore draws very attractive characters that are very good at acting and emoting. And I I don't know that Moore is the most dynamic artist, Mm -hmm. but I'm always happy to see him because... um, His characters are hot? They're hot. and, And the line work is just so strong. You know, like, I prefer... It, it's it 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 uh it's not like Mike Allred, don't get me wrong, but it's like um it it goes for a slight Allred esque cartooniness and not full realism, you know? Like like I actually prefer oh you're gonna you're gonna like murder me for saying this, but I I prefer Travis Moore to to Ivan Reyes, I think. Oh I, I wow. I don't. I, I. I think both of them are overrated, but that's just me. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you that too. Sure. But. Yeah. But I think just like Reyes tries to reach for ov- overly real. I think sometimes, and it doesn't always work for me. Whereas more uses less lines. You know, drops some of the detail out with the intent of not making everything look like photorealistic, you know, while still mm-hmm. looking like um, these are humanly proportioned characters. I mean, in some ways, uh, uh, Daniel Sampier, who I just praised him for the Wonder Woman issue on the last a show. Week ago. Yeah. A week ago. Yeah. A, we- <laughs> a week ago. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that's a good analog. I think, I think Sampier is better. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Sampier is better at the, at, at the at the movement and the action part of things, but as far as like the the draftsmanship, you know, they're very comparable. I always feel like Moore's stuff is just a little bit too perfect, not in this in the photorealistic sense, just uh, I guess lacking dynamics is maybe a way to put it. It's just everyone's yeah. a little bit too posed, a little too pretty, a little too um perfectly sheened up i don't know how else to say it i i know what you mean yeah 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 that's kind of yeah i I think we i think we generally agree yeah yeah um 
I never know the proper way to talk about these events in terms of where you separate the the important stuff from the not important stuff. Like Zach was talking about Blackest Night, you know. When I think back on Blackest Night, I remember at the time being disappointed in it because I felt like there was so much wheel spinning happening and there were so many tie-ins. That is the one thing I'll say about this event versus something like Blackest Night or Lazarus Planet or whatever is just I know we're getting we're frustrated that the the, the four or five tie-ins we've gotten have all been um, you know released out of order. But when you think about Blackest Night, like how many miniseries did we get where it was every issue would begin through the eyes of a Black Lantern character, and then we'd get, it would say Rise. Or it, would, it would sort of tell the origin story of that character, and then it would say Rise, and then all of them started exactly the same way, and they were all paced out essentially the same, and it just came down to whether the art was better on one than the other in terms of your overall enjoyment of those tie-ins. But the point I want to make about this is, like Zach was saying, you know, so much of the really sort of emotional beats of Blackest Night happened in the the John's written Green Lancer, Green Lancer core stories. And well, I guess while, the GLC was Tomasi, but still. Oh, yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, my apologies to Peter. No, Tomasi. and I, I kind of miss, I kind of like coded over that too when I was uh, yeah. talking about it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And well, I think some of that stuff does belong or, or would, would help improve the sort of overarching story. I also wonder if we just want different things from our comics than the people who are typically buying event comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if, if they just want the smash up stuff that they're getting in those in those issues. Um, but yeah, like I like I said before, I I I I am I am willing to defend this event because I think it's doing some stuff right, but it's certainly not a great event i'm enjoying it despite itself in some ways but i'll say i think the titans issues have been the stuff that i've connected the most with thus far isn't this the only titans issue we've had so far well a lot of the build-up i guess was in titans okay Um, yeah yeah i i I just find that when when taylor is focusing on the titans characters and sort of why they are so emotionally tied to this that makes that makes it work for me. Like I said, even even like that one page of Donna Troy's being shown, you know, and then it's established in, in the issue of Beast World that we read earlier tonight, you know, of, of Donna being there just like hold back Garo as they're calling him. Um, just showing her love for her teammate is uh, you know, was nice. Mm-hmm. And her dedication to, to helping him. Yeah, yeah. All right, Vince, not to throw you off again. I, I got it. Got I, it? Okay. I've had it up since last week. Oh, oh wow. A whole um, week. Look at that. Yeah. You. Um, Batman 141. We should, say, we should say this coming, the book's coming out on January what? Second? January 2nd, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Batman 141, Poison Ivy 18, Shazam 7, Birds of Prey 5, Blue Beetle 5, Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville number 5, Titans Beast World Tour, uh atlantis number one neil before zod number one oh baby uh superman 78 the metal curtain number three and the batman scooby-doo mysteries number one <laughs> by by our friend and yours shelly fish yes uh I, I believe that is now the third consecutive year that there's been a new volume of the batman scooby-doo mysteries all written by shelly fish 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, I wrote about that in the soliciting column. I don't know why they keep doing one of these every single year. Do you, just, well, just make one volume. I hear they're good. Yeah, um, but, but why do we need a new volume each year? I don't know. Does is Phyllis Diller in any of these? I don't believe so. No. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. I was just going to say, nor are the Harlem Globetrotters. No. Larry uh, Moe and Cur- Curly Joe. I don't believe so, but again, I hope so. Who else was Abe Vigoda? Was he? Was he ever? A... <laughs> I I don't think so. But I don't think uh, so either. But wouldn't that be great if he was? Yeah, George Jefferson. Sure. I don't know. Um, maybe the Fantasy Island people. Maybe, maybe, maybe tattoo was yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the part of the show where we are legally responsible to say scooby doesn't do you should call the book velma and uh and move on with our lives anyway thanks for listening folks go to dc3cast.com for information about our patreon happy new year if we don't talk to you and uh take care see you don was frankly he looked like gandalf <laughs> <laughs>